Hello and welcome back to Sex and Violence, your weekly punk rock movie podcast where we discuss uh, movies that have decapitations, dicks, full frontal nudity. You know what we're about at this point. Guns. Yeah. So I am your Swords. host, Ryan Snyder. I'm here as always with my co-host. Hi, Ryan. Oh, I'm Gabriel. Yes. Welcome. Welcome. Hi. How was your weekend? Oh, uh, long, intense, quiet, sleepy. Oh boy, Ryan. There's just, there's just always so much. Always so much happening. Always so much going on. I did see Lady Bird, though, finally, so... Ooh, you're gonna save that for part two? Yeah. All right. I have a lot to say about Lady Bird. Everyone that I've talked to that has seen it has said vaguely the same thing. That what? About it being like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, th- I think it's overhype, which yeah. is a shame, but, you know, even then... I'll save this for later, the whole, the whole rigmarole, but I, I saw it with the professor, and we were like... That was really good, but most well-reviewed movie of all time. I guess that's a whole kind of an aggregator kind of thing. Everyone liked it, but is it better than Toy Story 2? She and I went on about it for quite a bit on Mm -hmm. at our party the other night. Oh, yeah, you and the professor? Yeah, she was talking about it and kind of breaking it down and saying that there were better movies. Yeah. I suggested she watch Wetlands. Oh, God. I don't... You know, maybe... (laughs) There's, yeah, okay. I'm, like, I'm just going to play your, like... You know, for this show, I always pick my favorite movies, which are often sexy and grody and needlessly intense. Mm-hmm. So, I'm trying... Like, I, she and I need to finish watching The Handmaiden, and I'll get her on Wetlands. And maybe eventually Old Boy. You know, me and my Koreans. Yeah. But we'll get to that later. Ryan, how are you? How was your weekend? I was good. Got a lot accomplished. I was a real boy. I've been, mm-hmm. I've been getting up early, as I've told you. I've Weird. Been, Coffee has become a part like. of my life. I, I'm surprised that it wasn't prior. Like, I, like anytime like, I got coffee, like someone's always just like, I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll drink coffee. But now it's become like part of my routine throughout oh. the day. And it's weird. I never like factored in caffeine as like a performance enhancer. That's interesting. That, uh, I, I'm not the kind of person that needs his morning coffee, especially considering I wake up generally noonish. Mm-hmm. 10 on a, a day where I want to get stuff done and at that point getting coffee is kind of silly I just move them on my day I always want coffee I mean m- maybe it's just the Gilmore girl in me that really needs it it's like I'm like you like where I'd stay up late and I'd get to bed like yeah, I'd wake we're, up we're, at anywhere between owls. noon and 2 but now like I'm not staying up like I'm staying up the same amount of time mm-hmm. but I'm getting up now at like between 8 and 10 well, like my body's fair, like hey you only need 6 hours get your ass out of bed to be fair we do a lot of cocaine yeah, that it's quite a, a bit. A lot of lots of blow. It's a lot. All those hookers. Yeah, no, yeah. really. Like Johnny Depp is nothing on us. Uh, no, Scarface no. is nothing on us. Scarface. Yeah, it's like a fucking. It's that mountain. Well, oh, damn it, the name of the mountain from fucking Better Off Dead. Oh, the K, uh, the K five. Is it K four? K four, K five. I don't remember. It's yeah, been from the top of the K. It's the K something. Yes, that much cocaine. Yeah. Every night. Look at this. It's pure snow. It's everywhere. Do you know what the street value of this mountain is? <laughs> uh, that's a Christmas movie. Oh, that'd be a good one. We could. We should add we that. Could. Well, yeah. You know, right? I think from it's December. It is December some day or other. My, I looked at my watch for some reason. Today tell is me. December the sixth. Ugh, that's fucked up. I hate that. Yeah. Um, we should do only Christmas movies. Uh, I guess that negates my whole punk rock pick thing. But then there's still January. Yeah. Um, Gremlins. Yeah. Better off dead. Mm-hmm. I almost I was gonna jokingly say lethal weapon again. We'll think of another pick. Yeah. 
Did you see Krampus? No. Did you like... Oh, um... It's good. Yeah? I think you'd like it. It looks like it would be like, um... Like, just from viewing, like, art. It looks like it would be like Trick or Treat. It's... I don't know if I... I haven't seen Trick or Treat. No? Oh, Trick or Treat's great. Oh. It's a lot like Gremlins. Okay. But then it's a little bit more, you know, like, it's what I look for in a movie that, first of all, is Adam one, Scott's in it. Is it one straightforward narrative? Yeah. Okay, Trick or Treat's an anthology. So oh, no, no. It's just about, it's like a, fa- like, like two families, in-laws, and they're kind of like bickering. And then the Krampus comes in, mm-hmm. and one kid just wants to have a good Christmas, and he summons a Krampus by accident. And it becomes one of the stories where you get to eventually like all the characters, even the shitty ones. And it's all about these the two families banding together to fight against the Krampus. And then darkness, not necessarily happy ending, kind of coolness ensues. Does it's, the, it's very Gremlins inspired. Does the Krampus have any like weaknesses? Like, is there like Gremlin style, like light? No, it's no. more like like this being is kind of inhabiting toys and such it's it's interesting okay i'd say if it's if it's on netflix i think it was for no. a minute give it like start watching it and bail when you're bored you want to do another uh double size annual what's the, what will be it will be other gremlins and krampus gremlins and krampus grampus grampus kremlins oh that's just russia yeah. kremlin kremlins <laughs> oh why has no one made that yet kremlins yeah all right. We Write have, it. We have a new pet project. Okay. Anyway. Well, anyway, we could uh, if there's a day that you and I both have off, we should see if we can do another giant size annual. Well, we'll have we'll have a nice little party. We never got to do our our marathon, so let's get like let's see if I can get any of our guests to pop in and join us. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm good for that. It's Christmas time. I dig it. I don't like Christmas time, but hey, I'm trying. Aesthetically, I like Christmas. Time. Aesthetically, I love Christmas time. Like I said, the the one bar that you and I frequent, uh, the place we go before work, mm-hmm. the Fun House. The Fun House, the place where fun people meet and party. Yes. It reminds me of like a bar that like Shane Black would love. Yes, exactly. Like especially with the, like, the dive bar with Christmas like uh, decorations in it. Just, it's so charming to me. Yeah. I like it. It's a great bar. There's something about cigarettes and like... Christmas balls. It's always the kind of bar I've wanted to own where just like you walk in and it looks like a chintzy Christmas kind of going on. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, uh, Patsy Cline's walking after midnight's playing on loop. Yeah, you do, you do love your Patsy Cline. I love Patsy. Ah. Anyway, Ryan. Anyway. We did a movie this week. Not the movie we promised you. No, sorry everyone. So um, I, Ryan, you explain. Yeah, I, I thought I might have a copy of this around here and I did not. Mm-hmm. So... Given, it's kind of rare. Given that we like live in the information age, I was betting that it was going to be streaming somewhere. Yes. And 1990s Punisher was not streaming like in a way that we would like we'd have to steal it. Yeah, we would and have to I don't, pirate it, and we, we don't want to endorse that. Yeah, like that's hmm. stealing isn't punk rock. Yeah, it, no, it's punk rock. Paying an artist for their art. Exactly. And that's what we wanted to do. I want Dolph Rundgren to have a happy life. Yes. Like, given that they're, like, ultra-rich maniacs, like, whatever, it's still, like, you pay for the art that someone has created. Exactly. So, that's what we decided to do. So, Mm -hmm. we were talking about it. What could we do? Just do an all, just do all, like, the Punisher Netflix. An entire Let's Be Frank episode. Yeah. But, no. 
it's going to turn into a Let's Be Frank episode because I, I think we can get some good discussion on about, It's you know, basically a Let's Be Frank episode. Yeah. All so, Let's Be Frank all let's the be entire frank. time. Let's Be Frank. I just have to add the music to that. We'll do that today. Okay. So we watched Punisher Warzone. Warzone. This isn't like any procedure that we've ever done before. Well, that's why I'm here, dog. Your facial muscles, tendons, bone structure, everything. It was destroyed. Evil has many faces. You look fantastic, brother. Yes. Darkness has many allies. This deal is going down tonight. Raise your army. But there is only one who punishes them all. This is just the beginning. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Let's play a game. God be with you, Frank. Sometimes I'd like to get my hands on God. FBI, drop your weapon! You're fighting a war. Yeah, Gabe, what'd you think? Oh, um, uh, in- intro it a little bit, Ryan. Um, it is 08, uh, Punisher Warzone, directed by Lexi Alexander. Um, before I go into my thoughts on it, Ryan, I want to ask you, because this is your pick, sort of, our mutual yeah. kind of pick. You definitely told me, you've seen this before, right? Yeah. Okay. Where did you first hear Punisher Warzone, and what does the Punisher mean to you? Ooh, I was just aware that it was coming out, and I saw it. Mm-hmm. I don't think I saw it in theaters. I don't recall seeing it in theaters, but I do recall like hanging out with my friends, you know, when it came out and the times when we would all get together and just watch these fucking movies and we watched it and we all loved it. We're all Punisher fans, sure. like comics and everything like that. The reason I wanted to watch like 1990s is because that was a movie that I kind of, kind of grew up on. Yeah. And that I have not seen since like 1993. No? No. Oh, okay. We really should find it. Yeah. Or maybe we'll just go to my, my cousin's bar and watch yeah. it on VHS with them. Yeah, um, we'll do a special Let's Be Frank after we're done at the TV show and do that and bring it back. Okay, we can do that. So, where am I going with this? Oh, big fan of the comics. Yes. Um, every itineration I've generally enjoyed, like, I'm even a defender of the 2004 Punisher. I really like it. Oh, the, uh, the Tom Jane one? Yeah. It, it takes quite a few liberties with the character, but it's still... Like what? I've never seen it. Uh, it moves the action from New York to Miami. Huh. Uh, it changes how his uh, family's killed. I mean, they're still killed, but... How are they killed in the O'Farm one? So, uh, Roy Schneider's actually his dad in that one. Oh, fun! Yeah, it's really cool. I love that guy. Um, he ends up... Uh, he, uh, Frank Castle's like an undercover agent, and he gets this mob boss's kid killed, essentially, and then retires. And his whole family, like extended family, goes on vacation in Puerto Rico. Okay. And uh, the father of the guy that was killed, who's played by... Um, Travolta. Yes. He sends his other son and a whole team of assassins down, and his wife is like, I want his family killed, his whole family, and just slaughters everybody. Okay. And then they attempt to kill him, but it's Frank Castle, so he pulls them. And this is all Miami, for some reason. Well, the killing of the families in Puerto Rico. 
Okay, yeah. And then it's moved back to sure. Miami. Wait, and let me ask you, because I, I honestly don't know very much about the Punisher. He's never been a character that interested me very much. Okay. That thematically, I like him, but then I feel that he's kind of, like, appropriated by bros. So that's a always bit. kind of been, like, a hesitating, hesitating thing for me. So the official canonical history of the Punisher is that his family is killed just in Crossfire? Or what, yeah, in Crossfire. Was he targeted? Uh, he was in the... In the actual, like, canonical way of, like, saying it, he, they were not targeted. It was, like, mob war, and yes. they were caught in a crossfire. It just happened to be there? Yeah. He's crossfire. A, they yeah. got caught up in the crossfire, crossfire, crossfire. I don't know where you're going with this. What? Crossfire? Yeah. You know, like, crossfire, you'll get caught up in the crossfire, crossfire, crossfire. Okay. No? No. The, the board game? Really? No. If we were the Fox not, News show? No. If we were not recording on my device, I would sh- like it's it's the fucking the the commercial all over the nineties. It's that game where you have the fucking shooting the ball bearings, and the commercial is like these kids in leather jackets, and they're like on the crossfire things, and it was Vague. the best commercial ever for the worst game ever. Vaguely. Oh my god. Vaguely remember this. It's like in a fog in my mind. I'm going to play this for you during break. Okay, that's fine. I, I can't believe... Wow, okay, sorry, go on. I, I, yeah, now that you're singing, I'm like... Crossfire, you get caught up in love. Yeah. I always oh. thought they were saying, Crossfire, you get caught up in love. And I'm like, I don't... No, it's it's not, I don't want to play this sorry. game. Go on. So yes, in the original itineration of the character, he was a Vietnam War veteran. Mm-hmm. And then as, you know, decades progressed, kind of like got to update, you know, which sure. war the Punisher's from. So it's generally accepted he was like, essentially like special forces. Okay. So he got all his militaristic training sure. and everything like that. So he essentially, after his family gets killed, launches a one-man war on crime mm-hmm. and just ma- mainly targets like organized crime but then he's written as a comic book you know anti-hero so he goes sure. after like the big yeah super villains like the idea that like what he he debuted in spider-man right yes an amazing spider-man as yes. a villain yes. and eventually people, people responded so well to him yes did you know that i think you and i um so you know i go to the junk mall in our area mm-hmm. and there's a video game shop there filled in a filled with junk and apparently and I, I consider myself a connoisseur of uh 80s and 90s beat-em-ups some of my favorite things to ever happen ever mm-hmm. i had no fucking clue there was a punisher arcade game where it's him and nick fury and it's a beat-em-up really yeah we walked into the junk mall and they're playing it on the tv and i was like what is this I have never seen a Punisher beat him up before. That's awesome. Yeah, it's him. About that. yeah, it's a two-player Punisher beat him up where it's him and Nick Fury, and you, I think the main boss is the Kingpin. That's crazy. Yeah. All right, let's go to the jump ball. All right, cool. Let's do it. All right, done and done, son. Yeah, I I, I couldn't believe it. Craziness. Mm-hmm. Well, look at that. All right, cool. Um, yeah, the Punisher is just a cool character. I think. Yeah. He's. Like I think you're right. He has been kind of like appropriated a little bit, like broiness. Like yeah. Anytime I see some like asshole walking around with a skull on their shirt, I mean, mm-hmm. I guess didn't uh, Chris Kyle kind of take it, the American sniper guy? Sure. Did he Did he wear that shirt a lot? I think he had it on his hat, like a I mean, symbol on his hat. If If anyone had the right to wear that, it was probably Chris Kyle. Yeah, but I'm saying like <laughs> you get like I like bro-y culture kind of stuff of yeah, like guys who are like I like guns but I was never in the military like if you're in the military and you're fucking like mm-hmm. acing dudes down yeah. you can wear that because yeah. you're essentially mm-hmm. the Punisher 
Like, but, like, if you're an asshole, like, yeah. just walk around, like, fuck y'all. Not to jump ahead to our proper <clears throat> Let's Be Frank segment, that was actually one thing I really enjoyed about the pilot of the Netflix show, is that during the, like, like the VA kind of, like, meeting they have, mm-hmm. there's that guy who starts out being like, we gotta take the country back from the liberals. Yes. And then they go on to make that guy seem a little bit more nuanced in one scene. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of so like so not to jump ahead. So far, I'm pretty impressed by the Punisher TV show. It's pretty good. I'm I'm pretty into it. It's 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 no Iron Fist, guys. No. Iron Fist wasn't that bad, but it was not great. I still haven't finished it, and I I, I haven't I, and I and thusly I have not watched Defenders either. I've only watched like two or three episodes of Defenders, and I think I might. I'm at the point where I might just go online and like look up the plot so I can just spoil it. That's such a big drag. Yeah, I do. I do want more Jessica Jones and more Luke Cage. Yeah, same. Ryan, I just, I just know I could write a good Iron Fist. I just know I can do it. I believe you could. He's such a great character, and he's. Sorry, go on. It's all right. Yes. Uh, I don't know what the point I was making. So you wanted to jump into Warzone now? Yeah, let's go into Warzone. Um, I asked you like um, you just randomly saw it if you're dudes because you're just in the mood to catch it. Yeah. We like we all like Punisher, so it's like oh cool another Punisher movie. Let's sit down and watch it. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, this movie is the closest, like interpretation of the character that that was given to me in the comics. I'll agree with that. Brenthal's still uh, good, but. Burnthal, I think, is is a is golden age of television version of the Punisher. It's hey, let's dedicate thirteen hours to getting to know an antihero. This is this is the Don Draper version of the Punisher, which is cool. And I, because I love Don Draper and I love long form storytelling, and that's pretty awesome. But from what I saw of this, and from what I know of the Punisher, I've read the first like couple volumes of Ennis's Punisher. Oh, Ennis writing Punisher is great. It's pretty fun. Welcome back, amazing. Frank. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking amazing. Which they say at the end of the yeah. first episode. Yep. I loved it. Yeah, like, like who plays Microchip? I don't. Oh. Uh, Micro. Uh, I don't really know the guy. Yeah, he looks like Jimmy Simpson from Westworld. Yeah, he looks like a bunch of other people. Yeah, he's those eyes. Yeah. But and I, the hair too. I, I've never had any familiarity with the Punisher besides casually reading Ennis's thing, like standing in Barnes and Noble, reading the whole thing. He's still a nom in that one, right? I think so. Well, no, he does uh, War Journal. Oh, War okay. Journal's the nom one. Okay. I'm pretty sure. I'm trying to remember. I could be wrong. It's been a while since I've read Punisher, but I, which, I remember Ennis's uh, version of the Punisher was great. Ennis did really good work on, like, characters that weren't his originally created, I think. Like, mm-hmm. if you ever read Ennis's Hellblazer, he does a similar kind of, like, yeah, that's, reinterpretation that's, a perfect that's really fit. great. No, like, like, there couldn't be a more perfect fit than Hellblazer and Ennis, but... That's where they were inspired for Hellblazer was his uh, run on, or from, uh, yeah, for Constantine was his run was on Hellblazer. What was it called? Um, Cancer's a Cure, something like that? Yeah, it's, it's the, the whole storyline with him getting cancer, but the way yeah. that he beats the demons is so much better than the comic. Like, that idea is so infuriatingly great that it makes me infuriated. I'm like, oh, what? Like, that's like the best vessel and the best writer for a story about cancer and you're bringing fucking, I think it's Constantine, actually, according to the comic. Yeah. Comics is Constantine. Keanu Reeves is Constantine. John Constantine? Yeah. I think the British say Constantine. I'm gonna look that. Did you watch the TV show? No. Was it any good? I heard, I heard it was great. reviews. I heard that the guy they got to play him was like perfect. Hmm. I can see that. I just never watched the show. I was annoyed because I thought I remember hearing beforehand that they weren't gonna let him smoke cigarettes like on yeah, TV. I was it, like, that's one that thing that's like. That is fucking you, essential. Just. Yeah. It's, he is a smoker. There's an entire thing about him being a smoker. 
Anyway, like we just said. But uh, I've never been that into The Punisher. So watching this movie and combining it with the first TV show, for the pilot of the Netflix one, I'm pretty into it, yeah. I guess. So watching this thing, I told you earlier that it's kind of <laughs> funny comparing Don Draper, Punisher, in a TV show, and Warzone, directed by like Lexi Alexander, fucking cool, kick-ass lady Lexi Alexander. It's like watching a... It's like comparing cartoon Wolverine mm-hmm. to like 80s fucking Wolverine to Logan. Yes. It's, 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 it's more dramatized. Different. Exactly. They're yes. Like, it's spreading out drama. They, hit, they still hit all yeah. those character beats of what mm-hmm. makes the character the character, but it's done in a... Uh, it's interpreted differently. Exactly. This movie is perfect, pure, gory-ass, insane, 80s, 90s film version. Like, a cool practical effects, kick-ass, violent version of The Punisher. And it's... I haven't seen any other iterations, but from what I've read of the comics, this is pretty perfect it is how it does hit. yeah it is pretty perfect like what was the would you say the rotten tomato score was 27 percent. it does not deserve that it is no it doesn't that's that's not a like when we were texting about it last night and you told me that i was like dude just turn your brain off and yeah. you'll love it and it's it's not a movie that's like meant to like be i think like there's certain movies like you shouldn't just like analyze and like critically mm-hmm. review and this is one of those i agree like there's uh, I don't know. I, but I don't agree 100%. I think that any critic who took the time to review this didn't get what Lexi Alexander was trying to do with it. And she was just making a pure, grody 80s Punisher film. That was her yeah, intention. I guess you can't control how people yeah. interpret what you're doing. You look at the lighting, and like every shot of this is made of care. That That's all I ever look for in a movie. Did the filmmaker really understand and try to make the best version of this movie as possible. Mm-hmm. And sometimes a, a lackluster filmmaker can't help themselves, and that's a shame. I'm sure the guy who made Hitman's Bodyguard really wanted to make a good movie, but just didn't have the skill to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. You, you can see him trying, but not be doing a good enough job. Something like this, and I always bring it back to uh, JGL's Donjon. I haven't seen it. Donjon is a perfect example of a filmmaker who is good enough putting his entire heart and soul into making a movie and like it's really really good it's not perfect but it's a movie that every frame bleeds how much JGL cared Mm -hmm. and this is another great example Lexi Alexander loves The Punisher cared about making it look great and it looks great and it feels great and I think anyone who tries watching this movie who doesn't dismiss it immediately because of it's dumb content I think they're they're wrong because yeah. this movie's it's awesome. Fun. Like I would put this uh, as a double feature next to like Dread. Yeah, that's a great. That's a perfect example. That's the way. It's it's pretty to look at, and it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just yeah. a shoot 'em up. Like yeah. if you look at it critically without judging it right away, this is an incredibly well made movie. There's thought and care put into everything. Like like Dread, just because it's gross and violent and filled with B material doesn't mean it's bad. Yeah. It's. I think that people are judging it incorrectly. I like, agree. Why would people give Fast and the Furious films good reviews and this bad reviews other than, like, big money sheen? Yeah, and we don't have, like, a whole bunch of A-listers in it. Yeah. Like, everyone in it is serviceable, like, mm-hmm. plays their part well. Like, totally. The guy who plays Jigsaw is, like, perfectly over it's the top. Dominic West. He was a respected actor. Was? 
Still is. Oh, okay. He's in the square. The square? Yeah, he's the lead in in the wire. Oh, I never watched the wire, so I probably I should. I think you'd really get into the wire. I've heard from numerous people that like you don't get into it until second season. Like first season's a little tough. Well, first season's great. You just have to give it the first like six episodes out of like nine. Okay. That it's like you, you get dropped. It, it really is unforgiving. You get thrown in, and if you don't keep up, you're left behind, and it's your loss. Okay. So if you if you stick with it, by the end of the first season, you're really into it. And season season two is kind of the outlier. It's season two is troublesome. Okay. Fair so enough. I think I hear like was it four just, seasons? It's five. Five. People okay. say the fourth is the best one. I'm still working my way through the wire. Okay. Fair enough. Um, either way, yeah, he's. Uh, I think he's like a perfect, like just enough over the top. He's the butt. Villain. He's the butt raper from Three Hundred. Oh really? Yeah. Shit. That's him. Dominic mm. West is a great actor, and he is doing full on 1989 Batman Nicholson in this. Mm-hmm. It's it's straight up. Complete with the give me the mirror scene. Exactly. Except he doesn't say it. Yeah. We yeah you had said that, and I completely agree with you. I was gonna bring it up before you said it. <laughs> and I was like, God damn it, we're on the same way. Yeah. Like um, but it is there. They do hit a lot of the 89 mm-hmm. Batman beats in this. Like, what else did you see besides that? And, like, we said about the prison. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, like, clearly if you had made a grindhouse version of 89 Batman, this would be it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's grody. And I love the way, like, it takes a ballsy filmmaker to add a lot of neon to a dark film. I think that's so sexy. It's so great. And it, it's it's John Carpentery that I'm very if my takeaway from this really is that oh shit I should really see Green Street Hooligans mm-hmm. that she's a very very good director. It's not nearly as like good as this, but I I think you would get on board with it. I would think. it be like like oh this filmmaker is giving it their all? Uh, I would hope you like it, but it is definitely firmly a B movie. Oh, we know I like it. And it's a, it's a movie, like, um, you could put it in this category and, like, like The Crow, mm. where it's got a statement to make, and then everything subsequently that followed it sequel-wise was just diluting and taking the wrong message from yeah. the original. That was also one of my takeaways in a kind of negative ways. You know, I don't really care for The Crow. I haven't seen The Crow in a long time, but I remember waiting long enough to finally see it where I had some kind of film education, and I walked away being like, this movie is all style and zero substance. Mm-hmm. 100%. And I, I, I think you can be style and no substance and be good, and I thought Crow was not that. I think it just lives just because of the, the death of Brandon yeah. Lee. I think that's really a selling point for a lot of people. Which is kind of icky to me. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't think it's a morbid curiosity way. I think it's like a, this is the last thing he did. What like based on this, what could he have been? Only you could also watch Rapid Fire and Showdown Little Tokyo, co-starring Dolph Lundgren. We should watch. Also, Showdown a Punisher. Little, we should watch Showdown in Little Tokyo. I'm very curious. I think I, I watched the trailer for it last night. Actually, really? I, yeah, because I was curious about it. Because like, there was something about them doing a uh, a Crow reboot, and yeah, I think Jason Momoa is attached to play. Really? Yeah, Eric Draven. Ryan, like, have you read any of the Crow? Not to make mm-hmm. this the Crow yeah. cast. James O'Barr. Uh, I'm. It's. Sell it's me very on sad. the Crow. Okay, let me see. This Knowing little... that I do not like the movie. 
Okay, the the Crow, the book, you first have to know James O'Barr's life. James O'Barr, you don't know anything about mm-hmm. the... Okay, so he wrote this as a form of uh, grief therapy. He was out drinking one night because he had like gotten... His car was fucked up or something, and he asked his girlfriend at the time to come like pick him up, and she ended up getting hit by a car and killed. Oh, shit. So he took it like... He's like, this is my fucking fault that like my the love of my life like died. So for years, he was, for a while, he was, I don't know if it was years, I don't know how long it took him to write it, but he was just an angry, despondent, sad person, and he put all that grief into the book. So there's a lot of, like, self-loathing with the character of the crow. Okay. So, like, the death-rebirth thing, and he's getting revenge on the on the men who, like, killed his girlfriend. It's I think it's more of, like, a... I wish it happened this way so I could atone for mistakes. Okay. And there's a lot of really sweet character moments in it. Like, there's other, like, offshoot things that, like, weren't written and put into the original book. So you have the full story, and then you have, like, little short stories. The one that I found, like, almost brought me to tears, like, reading it was, like, when these two, uh, when the two characters were still, like, alive and, you know, Eric Draven was still human. Mm-hmm. Um, he's essentially, like, a, a handyman, right? And he comes home from work one day, and he and his wife are living. I in he the, was a rock star. Uh, he is handyman shit. He, not, he's not like a rock star. I think he was oh. in a band in the comic. Okay. Either way, so he's coming home one day, and like they don't have a lot of money, and like you know it's you know Christmas is coming up or whatever. So she makes dinner, like take a bath, and then like it's a whole like dialogue thing between them. And then the last scene of it is they go into the bedroom. And she's decorated their entire room with like Christmas lights and decorations. She just says like Merry Christmas. It's it's you have to read it to understand how sweet and touching it is, but okay. it's really Yeah, like if you're going through a breakup or someone you love died, you should probably read The Crow. Okay. It's very emo, but not in a, a pandering way. Alright. Um I, I like it a lot. I've always been curious. Um I'll I'll go to comic books. I'm planning on going to the comic book store today, actually, after we record. So maybe I'll look into that. I've always been very curious. Yeah, you have to get the. Uh, if you don't, it's like a, a like a collected edition. Which if All you right. don't find it, I have it. Okay. And I'll just let you so, borrow it. It's, I've, I've it's always, pretty good. I've always leaned more towards the Jonan Vasquez kind of thing. That I think both you and I, like growing up, we both flirted with gothic emo kind of stuff. Yes. And then decided that. That's not me. I'm not that kind of person, but I still appreciate that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And like, I think that was like, like Johnny the Homicidal Maniac is still one of my favorite. Co- uh, it's probably aged poorly for me at this point. I want to read that. I've always heard. I, did I never loan you, give you my copy? No. Shit, I should do that. It's. It's still mocking the fact that you're self-loathing. For me, that if you're gonna take the time to be a self-loathing person, either hide it and make it funny, or really like triple down and make it grotesque so anything in between that i'm a little bit iffy on okay it it, it lands into nobody cares how sad you are territory so but uh, but you know as long as i can find good art that dwells in there i'm all for it okay i always did like uh invader zim oh hell yeah i always found that to be like the perfect like goofy sensibility i think it really likes squee like like you know, after Johnny the Homicidal Maniac, which flirts being too emo at times, he made Squee, which is basically like a precursor to Invader Zim, mm-hmm. where it's just all about uh, Johnny's neighbor, this little boy named Todd, who is rightfully terrified by everything around him because he peeks into the world of Johnny. And it's more, it's just fucking like grotesque, grim, hilarious, beautiful, horrible art. Okay. There's another, like, not to like 
throw shade on people, but like mm-hmm. the the exact type of person, like you think in your mind right now, like who is the type of girl who's walking around with an Invader Zim backpack? Got it. Okay, you got her. Uh-huh. I find that type of like emo goth person to be annoying. Yeah. In a in a SLC punk, you're wearing a uniform type of way, mm-hmm. where it's like it, in my mind, you're no longer an individual. You have your purple dyed hair strand because that's what all the other idiots around you have. Like, cool, your lip piercing looks great now, but like, in ten years when you have to get a real job and like have regular colored hair, like, nothing against you because I no, love I love not. your blue hair. No, I'm 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 like. And your piercings. <laughs> yeah, no, I was about to say, like, oh, I'm, I'm post-ironic, but that's just the fucking but no, like, interesting people, thing to say. People like us who, like, can sit and discuss, like, the Invader Zim and actually yeah. view it from, like, a critical yeah. standpoint. I love Gilmore a, Girls. I, I think I get a pass. Yeah, like, I don't know, like, anyone who just, like, has to, like, wear the uniform of their people kind of annoys was, me. it was like, worse when we were teenagers. Because nowadays, I think it's become, like, again, I, I hate using the term. Nowadays, it's almost, if you're too emo, it becomes an ironic kind of thing. Like, Tumblr culture is all about people, like, like if you can't be funny about your pain, you're being obnoxious. And even, I think, that's part of, like, the culture today. When, yeah, we, were, when that, we were in high school, that was heyday of people. Life was, is like, pain. Yeah, life is pain, obnoxiousness. That was people annoyingly <laughs> being all about Nightmare Before Christmas. It was like if you walked into a hot topic in 04, oh. it was it it was nauseating. Now it's they've kind of embraced adult swim kind of culture where yeah. there's just as many like Pokemon stuff as there is kind of emo stuff. That I think that the changing tides of teen culture has become all about how you can't be too sincere or you'll get made fun of. Yeah. Back in 04, it was all like, I'm going to light my candles and incense and cry, and I'm going to do this kind of thing. This is, like, this was one of the things that gave me pause for concern when I first started dating Michelle Monaghan, mm-hmm. was she's such a big Nightmare Before Christmas fan. Mm-hmm. Like, if, like, the the little end table we have over there is yes. a Nightmare Before Christmas end table. I did not table. know that. Oh, yeah. It's, like, etched, it's like etched in there with, uh, what mm-hmm. do they call it, like, the, the wood burning whatever i I had to get like my friend who makes the custom posters hi tyler Um, (laughs) hey man yeah we love uh we love the scott pilgrim one yeah oh my god he made a um the nightmare before christmas one that's in the the bathroom he made that one too it's lovely yeah and like i really had to like dig like i think about like why do you like this without like needling her Mm -hmm. and she's not like crazy into it but she's also one of the types who like i don't know if she would like think about getting a Nightmare Before Christmas tattoo and that gives me even more pause for concern like like I, I like the movie it's fun it's, it's a fine like movie. It's, it's great, great but like, music nice iconography I guess I can't like say anything to her because like I'm also the same guy that said to her like a week ago like what if I got like the Hattori Hanzu symbol like right here on my chest mm-hmm. like are, are you really still talking about Kill Fucking Bill yeah I actually asked her uh, two nights ago how mad she would be if I got a Hattori Hanzu sword replica nice and I got a I'd be very upset. Hey man, I still think you should name your son Daigoro. Mm. Or Snigoro. 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 God, he'd be like... There's a huge squirrel at your window. But no, Snigoro would be like the fucking coolest guy in town. Yeah. Yeah. But let's circle all the way back down. Yeah, we're um, going tangent-wise. But no, I, I think I think it's all, it all pertains to the Punisher. It yes. It's down to... like That's why I'm very pleased about both these things we're watching, for let's be frank, that... I think that uh, the TV show is sympathetic, but it's not broy. It's kind of it views Frank as a complicated, sad person, 
It, it doesn't, it, he's not ultimate badass, which I think kind of mm. puts me a little bit off this version, is that he's a little bit much more square jaw. Like, you, you get one or two scenes of him kind of crying, like, this is my kid's toy. That's, that's, that's Schwarzenegger characterization of being like, yes, I have loss. Yeah, I can cry. I still have emotion. Exactly. It's, it feels a little forced, but it works because this feels like an 80s movie. And I think it's pretty awesome. It's great mm -hmm. violence and it kicks ass. I think this is like bread and butter for like a violence pick for like oh, our totally. show. Like this exactly. is like anyone who's been listening this far to this show, like... Mm -hmm watch this yeah. it's it's a hundred percent like the kind of movie that you would want mm -hmm. from a punisher it looks old yeah like the two, i think the 2004 one was trying to like do the it was before batman again so i guess i can't even say it but like mm -hmm. it was it was one of those early let's make it realistic yeah kind of things and thomas jane is great Tom jane's a great actor he, uh, i love tom jane did you did i ever show you dirty laundry i saw dirty your laundry, dirty laundry. Yeah, it's that's cool. great too it's really I cool i really really enjoy thomas jane as the punisher i enjoyed pretty much everyone who's played the punisher yeah there's been no it's bad just, punisher it's just a matter of how you interpret the character but mm -hmm. like he's a tricky character to portray stevenson in this is pretty fucking cool yeah. like he's an 80s action hero yeah. and like but like in that opening postmodern he like hangs up from the chandelier yeah that's when i was like Oh, okay. It's this kind of movie. That was another Batman moment. I'm in. Yep, exactly. The year one, Batman ladies and gentlemen, kind of you've thing, yeah. eaten well. That's why I, I yeah. thought he was going to say that. No, no. It was like the flair. It's cool. This movie is cool and cheesy and charming and well done without trying to force its hand of, isn't it awesome? Yeah, it takes itself seriously, but like yeah. it's kind of tongue in cheek. Mm -hmm. Even the music choice I thought was, was perfectly fine. Like... I, I don't know how much I'm I'm making this my own bias, but I think Lexi Alexander had a like it's really really cool and interesting seeing a masculine film done by a woman. It's like like Catherine Bigelow doing like uh, her Hurt Locker. Mm -hmm. That there is there's something so much more nuanced and intuitive about it then I, I feel like if there had been a group like some random guy director doing this movie you would have had the worst and most obvious music cues like how much bad acdc would be in this if like a shitty male director had made this yeah and you're right now we were talking about this at the bar the other day too like i hate when a, a bad movie ruins a good song yeah and i actually made mention of anytime i hear acdc in a trailer it just puts me off of it mm -hmm. and that's I think yeah. that was part of my reason for the the Death Wish trailer. Yeah. Thinking it was so fucking dorky. Yeah. Oh, it's so lame. Like, I need a gun. I think of some fucking guy in, like, like with a bad haircut and an ugly t-shirt being like, the only good bands are ACDC Metallica. And I'm Ugh. like, guy, I don't... I, has no one embarrassed you enough? Or have you been too embarrassed to the point that this is your safe haven? See, this is where I fall off weird. Like, I you... My... Fondness for '80s metal is well mm. documented, but I don't like Metallica. Yeah, I, I think your your '80s metal choices are too strange to be like easily categorized. Yeah, I think it's your taste is fun and odd. There's a taste of theatrical in that. Whereas I think like like it's a dude who loves Zeppelin too much. It's like t-shirt bands. T-shirt bands. It's it's not punk rock. Guys, no, like there's there's like, no strong strand of individuality in you. If this is all you like, like what are you doing? What do you consume? Is this all? Do you only have hot dogs in your fridge? Yeah, like the girl who only liked chicken nuggets. Yeah, that. Oh, 
her off. Like that, I, that's, I hope that's, I shamed her. I really do. Yeah. Not not in a gross like peer pressure kind of way. I did tell I, her to go fuck herself when before she left. Because <laughs> like, she she told you that you were a favorite bartender ever, and I yeah. was like, "Fuck you, then." Yeah, you. Yeah, you are. I, I didn't even care. I just wanted a chance to say "fuck you" because yeah. anyone who says I only like chicken nuggets. Yeah, you're dumb. Like what she say? I don't eat like ethnic food. And, like, yeah, so, like I, I hope so. Listeners, super quickly, there was some young ladies who came to the bar when Ryan and I were bartending, and uh, the young lady was, you know, she seemed kind of like your your average bleach blonde kind of sorority girl, twenty two yeah. year old kind of thing, and she was fine. Nothing wrong with her, obviously not. But she was also the person like she didn't want to try anything new. And I said to her in my pleasant way as possible, Ryan countered her the fuck you, but my pleasant way was, well, why would you want to be so boring? That why would you want to deny yourself experiences in the world? Do you really want to be that boring of a person? So hopefully I changed a life. If not, she'll just be a boring bleach blonde sorority girl forever. Yep. Enjoy and if that's you, fucking... I'm not sure why you're listening to this show. Fucking hell yeah. Let's, let's expand our worlds. But yeah, I'm, I, if you're listening to the show, young lady who was in, um, her name fuck was you, Bree. fuck you again. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, try something else. Yeah, um, why, like, really, why would you ever want to limit your life experiences? I don't, I, like, I've tried basically every drug ever offered to me just so I could have the experience because I don't want to deny myself my life. Oh, you know what? I'm, I don't really have to worry about getting a job in a law office. Same. Exactly. Um, I have hand tattoos. And this is like when, like, when I've, I've... I've never turned down crack because it was never offered to me. Oh. Well, you know. hmm. when crack, crack and meth, maybe not. Yeah, I've never done crack or meth. Yeah, I've never done those. Um, like when I doubled down and realized I was pretty much going to be food service industry for mm-hmm. like the rest of my life, like 2021. 20, mm-hmm. That was like, and I really got into kitchens and like bartending and cooking. Like I was kind of that person who like, oh, I like, like some like ethnic things, but like there were things I'd never tried before. And I was like, eh, no, thank you. I don't (laughs) want to try it. And then once I really got in, like I had like chefs yell at me and be like, no, if you're going to do this, you need to have a palate. Yes. Eat everything and try, if you've Mm -hmm. never tried it, try it once. And that's a hundred percent one of the truest things. Totally. Yeah. Tell me you hate it after you've tried it. Yeah. And it goes the same way for all things. Yeah, art, whatever. Art, food, it's yeah. drinks. I'm, I'm glad Punisher is bringing us to this deep conversation about art and appreciation and mm. food. I wanted to spin this another way because I, okay. I had another thought and I wanted to bring it to you because sure. I had this discussion with uh, Michelle Monaghan on our mm-hmm. honeymoon, actually. Okay. So almost a, like a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. So when you're, we drove to New Orleans. Oh boy. Yeah, that's 24 hours. Oh my God. Yeah. So when we were driving back now when you're in the car with someone for this point of time like you can have like two hours like normal conversation and then like after like hour five on a road trip that's when you start getting into some real weird conversations i'm sure so the one i had was based on a uh a meme i saw online and i wanted to get her opinion on it because she has a different worldview than i do okay she deals with you know the 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 criminally insane so to speak at times and she's a mental health professional. Yes. So the the meme was essentially uh, said like when you're a kid you wish the world had Batman mm-hmm. and when you're an adult you wish the world had the Punisher. Oh boy. And I asked her like do you agree with this sentiment this statement? And she said no because everyone should deserve a chance for rehabilitation. And I countered 
I don't fucking think so. Mm-hmm. There's some people who just need to fucking die. Yes. Do you believe? Do you think that the world would have a place for a Punisher type character, or would you rather see a Batman character in the world? Can I say I want both? I think there's a place. You gotta for... explain yourself. Okay. There is a place for ideals, and there is a place for gritty realism, for being a realistic kind of person. Uh, I've I stopped being Catholic because of my understanding that bad things happen to good people, to innocent people. People every day, as we speak, and as you're listening to this, some human being is crying to God, why is this happening to me as I get murdered? This is a fact. This is just a thing in life. Now... If we all, if all you want is the Punisher, we, you can't be so fixed in a way. It can't be all Rorschach. Moral relativism is not reliable. It's not feasible. There has to be people who are willing to do an extreme thing. And there has to be people who uphold righteousness and idealism. Now, it, would the world be a better place if Batman killed the Joker? Correct. But... Would that, in fact, be crossing a moral line that would permanently taint the human soul? Absolutely. But is it better to taint one human soul to prevent the deaths of thousands of others? I personally, I do agree with that. I feel like... um, You've seen Serenity, right? No. Serenity um, is the movie to Firefly. Yes. And that is a perfect counterpoint to that kind of thing. It's the mindset that... There needs to be people who know that they're doing a wrong thing for a better world, and there also needs to be people who are willing to stop them and fight them. Or if you want to look at fucking Team America, there has to be assholes, dicks, and pussies. There has to be. Because if all all we have is the Punisher, then we are losing a valuable part of the human soul. So you're saying if all you see is nails, you're going to be a hammer? Exactly. That I think... There should be a place in the world for both of these things. Exactly. That you you need both of them. That you need to have someone who is willing to pursue justice correctly. And you need someone who's willing to work outside the law. That they have to work together and against each other. I think having only one or the other is in its own way extremely naive. Hmm. That's an interesting thought point. Yeah. Uh, I still think the world needs a Punisher. That's all I'm oh, I think the world needs a Punisher and the world needs a Batman. You need a or you need a Spider-Man and you need a Punisher. You need to be someone who feels accountable for the soul of people in the world and you need someone who's willing to taint himself completely to purge the world. You say this is the point raised in uh The Dark Knight. Joker and Batman are battling for the soul of Gotham. Yeah. In a I'd sense. Say so. He wants me to kill him, but he mm-hmm. won't kill him. Yes. And well, the Joker's not doing anything positive. Whereas I think that you could absolutely make an argument that the Punisher is only doing a positive thing. Yes. Yes. I mean, th- that's where it gets the gray kind of thing. Does the Punisher kill a mugger? Mm. What if the mugger is only stealing just to make money for his family? Does he still kill the mugger? Mm. I don't know. There were people in this that he maimed and didn't kill. He maimed the security guards sure. in this movie. Then there's 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 a room there's room for maiming, but that's Batman's job. It's to maim. Mm. There's, there's like there is a spirit to discourage, and then there is extreme punishment, which you can't you can't lead with one all the time. The that's world is very the world is gray. Anyone who thinks it's black and white's crazy. Rorschach style. Rorschach style. Hmm. 
Food for thought. Yeah. So in totality, Punisher Warzone, awesome. If you don't like a it, lot of philosophical conversations yeah, on this one, the Punisher brings out a lot in us. Yeah, I think if you don't, if give it, watch this movie. If you like just violence and fun and well-made filmmaking, then fuck yeah. Yeah, fuck yeah. Like we said, pair it up a dread. It's if you like that, yeah. you'll like this. Yeah. If you're enjoying Netflix Punisher right now, then fuck yeah, watch this. It's yeah. it's a different interpretation of it, but it's still the Punisher that you know and love, just a little bit more yeah. violent. So next week, we'll go into more, we'll, we'll continue Let's Be Frank as a more continuous segment, considering it'll be completely divorced from what we're watching. So that should be interesting. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Break down. Uh, yeah, any, any, any final thoughts on Warzone? Um, just a, the one thing you had said, that it's very Carpenter-esque. Yeah. That was the one point you made, like, during the ending scene where it's kind of like, it's, it's a, like an inverted Big Trouble in Little China, yeah. where instead of having an upward pyramid, it is a downward, like, coliseum, mm -hmm. but it still has all the brightly colored neon lights, yeah. and you're like, it's kind of like Carpenter. I was like, motherfucker, you're so right. It is very Carpenter-esque. It reminded me, in a good way, of Escape from L.A. I'm like, what is happening? This is no surfing. awesome. No surfing. Which is, honestly, I'd love to see the Punisher. Surf. I wish they would have made Escape from Earth. That'd be cool. Mm. Hey, oh, they, they, there's that one, they basically made it. It was called Lock-In. Never saw it. Oh, it's a movie. Oh, fuck. It stars uh, Guy Pierce as Snow, where he goes to a space station to save the president's daughter. Apparently, okay. it's good. Okay. It, it just got shitty reviews because people mm. don't care. Mm. All right. All right. Yeah. We'll be back with segment two. I have to go to the bathroom. All right. Hey everybody, my name is Daniel, and I want to tell you about another Top Gallant Radio show. Do you like movies? Good! I like movies too, but the show isn't about movies. Do you like books? Good, because in Slow Readers, we discuss books. Gabe, do you like reading? Hate it. I've always hated it. Every episode covers a different book, such as Animal Farm. Um, I was also making ties with another empire. Uh-oh. Um, the Sith. Because, yep, uh, basically, uh, the Emperor Palpatine was Napoleon <laughs> Blackwater. Oh my god, this this book is so painful. Yeah. I had to put it down repeatedly just to catch my breath. Yeah, yeah, no, I know that's, I know what that's like, and truly... Our... You were in a car that landed in Blackwater? Yeah, I dude, I know, I fucking killed a woman you like fought? this. You uh... fought? <laughs> oh, okay, never mind. Um, Wrong side. Do you not like reading books? Well, that's also okay, because you get to hang out with two pretty cool dudes join me your host daniel she's like a pretty intelligent kid because like her reaction to that is like you never read the giver you work in a bookstore and and i and i was like really close to just snapping her just going like listen girl i read a lot of other books okay <laughs> and my co-host gabriel mara who co-hosts sex and violence you love that guy right on air challenge slow readers exclusive slow readers exclusive. can game fit gone girl possess <laughs> Then you get hours and hours and hours of access to us rambling about various topics, such as politics. Gabe, what do you think about Donald Trump launching missiles? Let's hear it. No. But our one run-in with the police... <laughs> I took a breath to start. I'm like, no. <laughs> no, no. Not going nope. that way. We're not a political podcast. Nope. Uh, we're just we're just milk-chugging right-wingers, though. <laughs> milk-chugging. And books. Into the water. Pledged. Feral to arms. The magicians. Wise blood. Ethan from. An object of beauty. So go ahead, continue enjoying sex and violence that hot-ass Top Gallant radio show about movies and punk rock stuff. And then when you're done with that, go ahead and button your dress shirt up to the neck, to the throat area, and then go ahead and give Slow Readers a spin. Go search iTunes and search up the name Slow Readers. Check us out, Slow Readers, comes out every Monday. You can also check us out on Twitter at Top Gallant Radio.
Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to Sex and Violence. Great ad, Daniel. It's the same one. I'm gonna make a new one. Okay. Maybe I'll just cut. Maybe I'll just switch out like the book references and the speech things to it. Okay. I'm gonna do a new one where I don't sound as like wonky and awkward. Uh, uh, I look forward to that. We can cut together fun clips. Yay! It'll be great. All right. So I'm still Gabriel. You're still Ryan. Still. All right, Ryan. What did you see this week? Um, what did I see this week? Um, What's new in your sexy, violent head? Uh, new, new. Um, I watched Goodfellas again. Sure. Because <laughs> I love it. Uh, I watched uh, the uh, Jerry Seinfeld documentary with former guest uh, Ryan Hill yesterday. Good old Hill person. Um, fun. It's interesting because Ryan Hill, as a comedian, like I, I'm always interested in like the inner workings of comedians. Mm -hmm. Like for a while, I kind of wanted to get into it, and then my still can. Uh, see, here's my thing with it, like. I, for the last, like, decade, have been working to a point, to get to a point of, like, proficiency in my chosen path in mm -hmm. the, like, restaurant industry, and it's taken me 10 years of hard work to get where I am to be proficient and knowledgeable, yep. and I don't have room in my life to do that again for another 10 years. In a sure way, like, you do, Ryan. Like, You're a young man. I'm a young man, but, like, I don't, like, all my energy for, like, creativity is put towards food and beverage mm -hmm. and I don't know if I need another creative outlet I think I can just be someone who enjoys the comedy of others and just be a real big fan of it I say right you should go for it anyway eh, I'm not really that funny I have interesting viewpoints on things mm -hmm. occasionally um, I was actually I'll bring this up to you as a, as a minor comedy bit okay so before we went to the lovely party the other day mm -hmm. at our good friend Dennis and Kristen's house there we had an ugly sweater party Gabriel won second place I did it's fantastic my sweater was hideous it was great yes um we watched we were watching Forrest Gump and my cop like when were you oh before I think yeah. at the party I'm like no. when were you watching Forrest Gump like I have this thing where like I'll be watching a movie and like Emily always tells me to shut the fuck Who? up but Oh, Michelle Monaghan? Okay, yes. Uh, I, why am I doing that? Lately? I don't know. I'm so sorry, Michelle. It's very weird. I keep mispronouncing your name. Oh, how very odd. So the funniest I get at times is when I'm like watching a movie and I'm like I look for the story that's not there, mm -hmm. and I went on this tangent about like Forrest Gump's father, and how the the, oh, yeah. the secret villain of the movie is actually Forrest Gump's mother. Uh huh. So I was like, you know, she says the whole time like, "What? Where's da uh, Where's Daddy? He's on vacation." So my whole thing to her, I went on this like 10 minute soliloquy about how uh, Forrest Gump's mother's a terrible racist uh -huh. and Forrest Gump's father didn't really realize that until one night they were out at dinner and like a black guy spilled like water on her and then she was like, fucking of course, black people. Uh -huh. And that's when he realized that she's a terrible racist and he's kind of a progressive Democrat type. Sure. And he didn't know she was pregnant so he just decided to leave town. He's like, I'm not staying in the South anymore. I'm going back up racist. north where I'm actually from and uh -huh. I'm done with this. Because look at it, he like he says in the movie, I'm named after someone from the Ku Klux Klan. Yep. She has black people in like servitude to her at her mm -hmm. place. So really, fuck you, Mrs. Gump. I like it. Yeah, it's, I like. I'll have to like I'll, off air. I'll, I'll <laughs> give you the whole the whole bit on it. But like, I was just, yeah. Yep. I don't think there's a room for a comedian up on stage just talking about his viewpoints and like conspiracy theories. I on. think there is. Yeah, there maybe has I'll to. try it. I mean, like, really, 
The, did I tell you my whole thing about I, the magical thing I realized about Jenny and her suicide attempt scene? Yeah, I told that to, I yeah. told that to Michelle too. Yeah, that uh, listeners. So I found this up. I realized this very very recently. So you know how when Jenny and Forrest are like the little ones, they're running into the field after the fathers have been abusing her, and Jenny's prayer, which is, "Dear Lord, make me a bird so I can fly far far away," and then in the famous scene where she's about to kill herself. If she's about to jump off the building, Freebird is playing. I felt so fucking dumb when you told me that. I was yeah. like, oh my god, you yeah, just I'm cracked like, the fucking oh, universal so code fucking here. clever. Good job, Bob. Yeah, for I've been watching that movie for 20 years, mm-hmm. and I did not pick that up. Yeah, no, I, for the same. I only realized this recently. That was, that was, and yeah. yeah. Um, my mind. Sidebar to your earlier thing. Um, have you seen the Red Band trailer for I, Tonya? I saw a trailer. I don't know if it was the Red Band trailer. The Red Band is a lot better than the Green Band. And it's basically, it's like unabashedly being like, this is Goodfellas. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's it's great. It looks really good, actually. Yeah, I saw the one trailer I saw. I was like, okay, I'll probably see it. And then I looked online uh, on the Flickster app recently, and it's getting pretty good Rotten Tomato scores. Yep. It reminds me. Even though we just talked about how Rotten Tomato scores don't mean shit. Yep. Not a good sell for you. But it reminds me, like, of Wonder Woman. It just seems like there's nothing new here, but it looks like it looks good. It looks like it cares and it's fun. Yeah, you know, I I think part of me not liking Wonder Woman, and this is so counterintuitive to again everything we said. Mm-hmm. I think like I'm going through a little bit of superhero fatigue this year. Yeah. Like, oh, man. Guardians Fucking... Two. I was like, yeah, it was fun, and then I watched like Wonder Woman. And I was like, eh. and then I watched Thor, and I was like, eh. I think it's just getting a little old, but in class yesterday, listeners, I take um, I go, I'm finishing up my degree. I'm taking a course in 19th century English literature. We're reading Dracula right now, and this one young lady in my class, my, so it was like one of my last classes, and the professor is like, "Any last thoughts about 19th century English literature?" And the one girl was like, "Okay, so I just saw Justice League. It was so good." Mm. And immediately, I'm falling asleep in class because I'm bored, and immediately I snap to attention. Like oh yep I'm like there oh okay let's, let's do let's do let's do this and she's like well part of it's because like I feel like when it comes to reading like Jane Austen she does a lot of filler and it's kind of like boring you know just kind of like stuff about everyday stuff and what like, like you know like compared to like Justice League where it's just like boom 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 oh. things are happening oh. and a whole, this whole time my face was getting redder and redder and she's like and then I'm uh, uh there was like there's like a the bad guy oh gosh what was his name. And before I could stop myself, I shouted, Who cares? Good man. Yeah. Good man. She's like, What? I'm like, uh, Steppenwolf. His name is Steppenwolf. Nobody cares what his name is. He's Doesn't matter. He's of Dark Side. And mother she's like, Oh, but you didn't like it? And again, I'm like, like, It was trash. It was utter trash. It was trash. Trash, trash, trash. Yeah. I don't have enough time for yeah. this. And the professor was like, I was waiting. I knew someone was going to. Yeah, okay. And then I kind of let it die from there, but I was just really, like, in the middle of my class, I just shouted that Justice League was trash. Because it's trash. Cool. It's trash. Have you seen it yet, Ryan? No. I, it, like, there's, it doesn't, like, it's not getting me to the, the like, I saw the tra- the one trailer that had, uh, well, I guess all the trailers had white stripes in them. I thought the trailers were kind of cool and yeah. fun. The, all the trailers are good. They've but, always been good. But, I don't know, it just seems like a retreat. Like, I actually, yeah. the other day, um, when I got up early, like, I 
I was killing time until I can go get hot dogs because the hot dog place didn't open until 11. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? What I'm going to do is I'm going to come back. I'm going to put on a movie and I'm going to do like a little bit of like research. Sure. And I was like, you know what? I haven't revisited Batman versus Superman in a while. Mm -hmm. And I put it on. And that movie is pretty garbage. Yeah. And I'm going to get like political for just a moment. Sure. Do you know who one of the executive producers on that movie is? Who? Our treasury secretary is an executive producer on Batman versus Superman. Odd. Yeah. Why? Uh, apparently, he uh, most of his millions have a uh, large majority of his millions have come from producing movies. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I would like I saw it in the title card. I was like, that can't be the same fucking guy. So I like googled it quick, and I was like, oh, same fucking guy. Hmm. So one more reason. One more hate, reason. Hate the movie. Oh god. I hate those. Oh, and like the girl's just like, oh yeah, it's kind of you know his mustache looks stupid, and I'm like, that's the least of the problems of that movie. Mm. And that's when I let it die. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I just... Uh, I think you should go see it for the few laughs you'll get and also for completion's sake. I, I will see it eventually. It's just like... Yeah. Did you you see, spoiled just, the whole thing for me. I asked you to. Yeah. Just see Blade Runner again. It's still playing. I could do that. Yeah. Daniel and I were going to go see... Uh, I was going to be like, hey man, do you want to find? Do you want to catch like some movie once you see Lady Bird? Or we could just see Blade Runner again. He's like, if we're doing anything, I'm seeing Blade Runner again. And I'm like, ugh. Mm. I could totally watch that again. Yeah. Um, you should... Oh, well, listeners, for me, I saw Lady Bird, which you should see, Ryan. Yeah? It's very good. It's a very good movie. It is excellent, even. Okay. Um, Laurie Metcalf, I'm saying it now, like, everyone's agreeing. Laurie Metcalf is going to win Best Supporting Actress. Saoirse Ronan is going to get nominated, but not win. I think Greta Gerwig is going to get nominated for Best Director, but probably not win. It might win for Best Original Screenplay. I think it is a very strong contender for Best Picture. Okay. Like I'm, Nothing else this year has come out that I think could beat it as Best Picture. You think this is going to be the movie that kind of gets like the, yeah. the vocal support yeah, all the way through? It's a front-running dark horse, if that makes any sense. It's not a traditional okay. kind of thing, but I think it's going to... It's really... It's probably going to win Best Picture. All right. Michelle Monaghan saw it the other day, and she felt that there were um, better female-centric coming-of-age dramas. I completely agree. I know you didn't like it, but I liked Edge of Seventeen better. Yeah, I actively dislike Edge of Seventeen. That's kind of funny. For I was explaining to the professor that what I like about the Edge of Seventeen is that the protagonist uh, is actively an asshole, mm-hmm. whereas... Lady Bird is almost a little too nuanced without going too hardline on any one aspect of her. Mm-hmm. Or I think like if the worst thing I can say about Lady Bird is that it's a little too nuanced to almost be generic mm-hmm. while also doing something straightforward. It's still that means it's a fucking great movie, but I liked Edge of Seventeen more. I couldn't find sympathy for that character. Like, I loved her. Like, it, I love assholes in movies. Like, I don't know. Like, the whole, like, every problem you cre- that was created in this movie is your fucking fault. Yeah. And you're bitching about it. Yeah. As opposed to, like... like She's I, a teenage girl, Ryan. That's what people do. Yeah, but, like, take, like, Juno. Like, she created... That problem was created, like... Juno but, was too, is way too cool a teen. Yeah, I think but, she should have like, broken down more. But that's mm-hmm. that's not the, that's not the tone of that movie. The tone of that movie is flittery Diablo Cody dialogue. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, no, I think Edge of Seventeen is just she's the fucking worst, but I love her. Yeah, I, I couldn't get yeah. behind it. Right. Um, yeah. See anything else this week? Not really. I mean, I like I said, just been kind of floating around doing husbandly chores and duties, mm-hmm. and yeah, 
I can dig it. I'm waiting for Star Wars. Bird. I'm going to buy my early tickets. I'm so go fight the crowds. Monday morning. Monday Friday morning. morning if I can. Maybe I'll go with you Monday morning yeah. Uh, again. Yeah. If, if I can do Friday morning, I'll do Friday morning. Yeah? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to see, but like my buddy said to me that there's a 7 o'clock showing at the theater that he's going to, so I'm mm. banking on there being one of the one that I want to go to. Yeah. So maybe I'll come in afterwards to work and be like, oh my god, it was amazing. I'm not spoiling anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, like... Honestly, I'm a little let down by how much I didn't I didn't fall in love with Ladybird. Like I listened to the film spotting review and it got me excited all over again. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm a little disappointed. Okay. That's so far the only film this year that met my expectations of how much I would love it is The Big Sick. Okay. I like the whole year. I had a couple. I think two. Well, one met my expectations because I I had it pretty low and I knew I knew going in I was going to love it. Atomic Blonde. Mm-hmm. That was one of the cool cooler movies I saw this year like I'm I view the movies I like a lot differently for yeah. my year end list than you do yeah I think you look more technical probably yeah and I just look for things that entertain me yeah and that entertained me quite a bit technically that movie's great except for some of the writing but you know yeah I just I thought it was cool yeah for me I look at movies like Machines and yeah. if a machine can make me feel then hell yeah mm. I liked it quite a bit too oh yeah that's probably gonna be my top 10 really probably Cool no, I saw a lot of stuff this year, but that's probably going to be in my top ten. It, it satisfied me. I think this year, just doing this podcast, I've seen more movies this year than I have in a year ever. Yeah. So, we've, we've done a lot. We've, we've done, done a lot. lot. Yeah. Quite movies are fun. Yeah, they're fantastic. We host a movie podcast. We do. All right. So, Ryan, um, let's move on to our next segment, which is kind of tricky because my recorder didn't really... Ooh, hold on. I'm going to get a space dollar. Oh, yeah. Good point. All right. Um. Let's see. So, listeners. Uh. So far, listen. Um. Watch my 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 favorite movies of the year so far. Lost City of Z. Even though Daniel told me on rewatch it's not that good, which is kind of a bummer. I loved it my first time. And then Blade Runner, Big Sick. That's my top three so far. Okay. Space Dollar had. All right, Ryan. So, the one move. So we're gonna play our game. Our classic next pick game. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, let's do, so we'll be finishing up a sex and violence cycle and then we'll do, we'll do Christmas movies. Sure. Okay. So I will present Ryan with four picks. He will select two, then we'll flip a coin and that'll be our punk rock pick for next week. Cool. Now, part of the problem is that we're recording this on my device right now, which I also had the trailers lined up and also my information. So, I'm going to try and sell these movies to Ryan as best I can. Okay. Which is tricky because I've never seen any of them. Okay. Okay. So, first of all, this is going to be the most blind pick because I don't know a fucking thing about it. Unless you want to look it up on your phone right now. Okay. The movie is called Liquid Sky. It is a famous, bizarre, new wave, crazy, fantastical film that friend of the show, uh, what's Larry's last name? Uh, Toft. Larry Toft of the Red Hot Ramblers, an outstanding band located out of Philadelphia. Look him up, Red Hot Ramblers. He's been trying to recommend this movie to us for quite a while, and I don't know a damn thing about it. I know it's a cult classic. It's a huge cult classic. Roger Ebert called it, like, one of the best cult films ever made, and it's just fucking bonkers. It's getting a huge re-release on Blu-ray, I think, this coming month, so... Ryan, what you're giving, you're looking, you're having this strange look on your face. Look at this phone. It just looks weird. Yeah, it looks very. Can you sum up a trailer? 
Uh, I'm, yeah, I can sum up a trailer. Uh, let's right. see here. It just it, it, it looks bizarre. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the sell for it. That's what Larry's trying to tell us, is that it's a very strange movie. All right, so we got a little bit of a trailer here. Okay. Let me start. What? This looks like a Sega CD game. Is that Mr. Bean? No, I can't be. What? Like, I don't... I know one you're not picking. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Larry. Um, I'm going to need a better sell than that. All right. Your second pick is the documentary about Pussy Riot. Okay. Um, I don't think much more needs to be said about that. It's okay. apparently a really good documentary about the punk rock band out of Russia, Pussy Riot. I think it's called Pussy Riot, a punk rock story, something like that. Okay. Yeah, I, if, I had, if I had my phone, I'd show you. Okay. So that's a choice. We can do a documentary for the first time about the kick-ass punk rock band, about these cool-ass Russian girls. Choice number three. It is... Shit, I might need a trailer for this one as well. Okay. Um, Don't mind me a second, listeners. Just looking, just looking. It is the 1987 film by Alex Cox called Straight to Hell. It is a independent action comedy film, apparently. It has like Joe Strummer and Courtney Love and Dennis Hopper. Oh, that's because and Jim the, Jarmusch. It's the Clash song "Straight to Hell." Oh, that makes a lot more sense. That's what know. they they um the whole uh like musical line from that is what they take to do that song "Paper Planes." Oh, oh dun, that's what dun, it's called. Dun, dun, dun. I don't know that. Yeah, "Straight to Hell." It's like kind of like I never know what that song was called. Kind of like Jamaican Calypso. Sure. So there's "Straight to Hell" by Alex Cox. Do you have a trailer for us, Ryan? I do. Okay. I hope this is it. 1987. <laughs> Sorry, it's showing me a trailer for the, uh, the Disaster Artist. I'm excited for that too. Yeah, same. All right.
<laughs> Apparently it's a western. And the Pogue. <laughs> All right. So that's the thing. Okay. And lastly, if you want to look this one up as well, uh -huh. it's called Six String Samurai, which is also a Western, I believe. It is a 1998 independent film where I believe the plot of the film is a man who is kind of Elvis Buddy Holly-like, is a samurai with a guitar wandering through the West. Let's hit it! That's fucking awesome. Yeah. What the fuck, dude? This is fucking amazing. Yep. Totally taking it. Uh-huh. That's, yes. Okay. Dude, can we... Uh, Ryan, yeah, let's... Okay, considering those other trailers, and not including the Pussy Riot thing, which I think... Pussy, Ru Pussy Riot fun. versus Six String Samurai. Heads for uh, Six String Samurai. And look, there it was. It was heads. Oh, Boom. there we it go. Done. done and done. Cool. That worked out I just great. flipped it. I was going to lie. <laughs> I was going to lie if it didn't hit on heads. But. I knew it. All right, so that settles that. We're going to be doing Six String Samurai next week. It looks so it fucking looks, fun. I've known about this movie since the internet was available. I'd, I'd be looking up shitty movies, and that came up right away. So... Ivan wanted to see this movie for over a decade. This that was pretty clear watching the trailer. You were like, yeah, okay, yep, no, this is the one. Yep, we're not watching Liquid Sky. Sorry, Larry. Yeah, sorry about. All right, Street the Hell maybe someday. All right, so that's what's happening next week. Ryan, plug. Uh, you can find me on the Instagrams at Tango Like Cash. Same thing for PlayStation Four if you want to play some Destiny Two or Bro Force. New content just dropped. Oh. Yeah, so that's what I was doing before you came. That's why sure. I was still watching like the movie when you got here, because mm -hmm. I didn't realize that I needed to start the movie 20 minutes before. Nice. Got caught up in some shit. Um, you can also find me and Gabriel 
Uh, only for another month or so. Yeah, only a few more weeks. Uh, at the bookstore Speakeasy, Southside Bethlehem, 336 Adams Street, Bethlehem, PA, 18018. If you leave a five-star review on iTunes, which we would love, and you come into the bookstore and can prove that it's you who wrote the review, guess what? You get a free drink. Hey! Yeah, got some really good stuff these days. We had the, uh, the cocktail thing last the rat week. Pack thing. Yeah, the Rat Pack thing. My drink is pretty amazing. It's called Kick in the Head. It's an egg white drink with brandy, a little bit of peach and lime flavor. It's a little delicious. bit of apricot. A little bit of apricot in there too. It is very nice. Yeah, Go it's ahead. good. It is uh, literally a kick in the head. That brandy mm-hmm. is 126. It is 124 proof. Yeah. Copper and Kings, baby. Mm-hmm. So, you? Um, listeners, please listen to the other Top Gallant Radio shows. We're a Top Gallant Radio production, by the way. Fuck you, Danny. Fuck you, Danny. So please listen to Slow Readers. It's a fast-paced literature podcast where Daniel, William, Reichel, and I discuss books and nothing. Also listen to Only Lovers Left in a Library. It is a show about erotica, feminism, and literature hosted by three sexy Latinas. It's pretty awesome. And uh, you can find me on the internet at gmara number four series on Tumblr and Twitter and on the Instagram at sex and violence pod as well as baby Mara with five A's. So tune in next week. We'll be here if you with six weeks summer. Yeah, awesome. Bye. Bye guys. This has been a Top Count Radio production, executive produced by Daniel Reichel and Gabriel Mara. For more podcasts and content, go to topcountradio.com, 